0: The center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages the heroes of School have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come to power the power to be supreme, the power to be all-knowing, the power to be Legends of Grayskull. Everybody and Welcome to episode 16 and a half of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, He-Man, She-Ra, new adventures, old adventures, comics, mini-comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, that little Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Duch. I should be here with Sean Skibarna. But he has just sent me this photo last night, and he has decided to take a beach day. So, everyone wave hi to Sean at the beach, and we hope you have a good time. Uh, So, instead of just sitting here holding the bag alone, like Sean left me, uh, I reached out, and we've got a special guest host today. So, I'd like you all to give a warm Legends of Grayskull welcome to the one, the only, the writer of bios... The clipper of newspaper strips, Uh, the horror hostess with the horror mostest, Uh, longtime He Man.org moderator, member, great member of the fan community, Uh, panel moderator extraordinaire, Danielle Galerta. That's the wrong picture. There you are. (laughs) Welcome, Danielle. (laughs) Hey. How's it going, Matthew? (laughs) Pretty good. I should have known I'd mess that up with my buttons. I got too many buttons. Uh, So, Danielle, we want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, We appreciate you filling in since uh, that loser, Sean, couldn't be bothered to join us. Hey, he's at at the beach. I hope he's social distancing from the sharks. You better be, (laughs) Sean. And wear lots of sunscreen, especially up top. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Well, it's great being here, Matthew.
0: So, Danielle, why don't you give a quick introduction of yourself? Uh, You've done a lot for the community over the years, both officially and unofficially. You're doing a lot of stuff right now. There's actually a lot more I want to put into that intro, but I kind of ran out of breath there. I didn't breathe properly. So uh, why don't you just give us a quick little intro to you, and then we'll dive into some specifics.
1: Okay. Well, geez, uh, I think I'm gonna have to hire you as my publicist after that that lead in that you just did because I, I don't think I can really follow that up. But um, yeah, I've just you know uh, been a member, I've been a Masters of the Universe fan since uh, the the early days, like you know when the, when the line first came out and the commercials and everything, and then um, collected the the vintage line back in the day, and then. Um, when in the 90s, when the sort of the fan community sprung up on the Internet, I joined up in the early days on the, uh, Adam Tyner. I would send messages and like talk, you know, get involved in the send stuff to the Scrolls of Grayskull newsletter, the Guardians of Grayskull mailing list. I joined. Nice. I was a member and back in those days. Um, and it's funny kind of looking back at that stuff and like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe I hope nobody ever sees this. I <laughs> <laughs> I posted that. um so and then um yeah and then I got you know big into 2000x uh and just kind of been around the fan community for a while um and then uh I at some point Val Stables runs org asked me to join the roast google dinner podcast so I was a uh A co host on that for 10 years uh, and have worked on, had the good fortune to work on a number of official projects, including several of the Dark Horse books, um, uh, particularly, uh, you know, (laughs) the the book that almost sent me into the Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane. That one, yeah, there we go. Newspaper strip book. Yeah, those were two two of the big ones I was involved with. I also worked on the mini comic book. I did all the interviews for that book, um, wrote an article for it as well. Um, And then I worked on the Art of Human book, too, the first book that Dark Horse did, uh, and just – wrapped up some work on the toy guide that's coming out, and uh, I was the project lead on the upcoming supplement to the character guide that's coming out. Uh, And then 2016, I got involved with – after Scott Knightlick left Mattel, there were no bios, uh, so uh, Val – Stables through MV Creation secured a contract with Mattel, and uh, Eric Marshall and I were hired to take over the bios for Classic. So we've been doing the bios for the last few years, um, and uh, and yeah, so and just on the just. Kind of for fun, doing. I've been doing these translations of international comics from Masters of the Universe and, uh, Universe and posting them online. Uh, lots of – and Princes of Power two new adventures like their comics from Germany, Italy, Brazil – translating those into English, just posting them, putting them out there because there's such a vast world of stories, as you know, and as you often discuss on this show, you know, it's not only uh, English language stories, but there are many official licensed stories around the world. And that's part of what I love is like the newspaper strips, like this finding something that exists, that was out there, that is, uh, that was few people had seen you know and it's like wow this this newspaper strip ran for four and a half years and it's like that with those comics too it's like hey here are all these like comics from brazil let's translate them and put them out there uh and lately i'm also doing the video wish list series because i want classics to come back classics is in hibernation now not really feeling the origins not not really for me i love the vintage line love 2000x especially love collecting classics but not gonna not gonna jump in on origins so i'm like let's bring back classics and add to our collection so i'm making these just fan videos to try to promote Characters that we can still get, you know. Right. So,
0: yeah. Wow, and that oh,
1: PowerCon, a- and I was involved in PowerCon for since the since the beginning. Still involved with it to a lesser degree than I was early on, but I still am. Like, when we get back to in person, probably going to be moderating some panels and work in the toy room and and such. So. Yeah. I,
0: I can't wait to go. This year was supposed <laughs> to be my first PowerCon ever, um, and we all know what happened there. So yeah, <laughs> it was um,
1: not meant to be, sadly. Yeah,
0: but but next year, I've already I've already pushed my plane ticket to next year. Um, nice. So that was that was cool that Val released the dates for next year too right away, so that you know mm-hmm. people were able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as that hotel block comes up, I'm going to jump on it real quick this this time around. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, so, uh, we'll get into, the focus of our st- episode today will be uh, one of Danielle's comics and one of her list videos. So, we'll get into that in a minute here. Um, but I did want to talk to you about the newspaper strips uh, just for a minute. Um, and I-, I am ashamed to say I still have not finished them. I think I'm about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, So...
1: You're savoring them.
0: I'm savoring them. <laughs> well, I made a mistake first off. Um, and I was talking to some other people about this where I was just sitting there and just kind of like binging through them, mm-hmm. and I kind of got burnt out because there, there mm-hmm. is one story in particular that really left <laughs> me like, wow. Um,
1: it's the political one, right? That's the one where everyone kind of goes, um, okay, I think I think I'm going to
0: take a break. You know, actually, so, it wasn't. I got through oh, it that wasn't. one. It okay. was uh, Evil Lynn selling makeup. Um, oh, that's
1: that's a really bad story.
0: <laughs> and, and I did read a little past that, but, like, that one yeah. was just like, wow. And then after that, I was just like, okay, I need to just kind of, um, oh, is that crispy? Where? <laughs> is
1: it... Oh, no, that's bougie back there. That's my sister's bougie? dog. I, I'm dog sitting for her. <laughs> Crispy is over here on the floor next to me. Hey, Crispy, come here. That's that's bougie back well, there. Hi, bougie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just saw he's something a little, moving in the background there. I'm like, what? yeah, he's
1: a little Ewok that that just walked into the room. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. My, my sister asked me to to take care of her dog because she had to she had to run some errands. So she's she's up here with Crispy, or he's up here with Crispy. Crispy's over here next to me. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. that, that Oh, I'm sorry. I'm ahead. sorry. Not to get too off track, but my nieces use bougie a lot. And does it mean the same thing as what they mean when they're saying it? I think, so, like,
1: yeah, mean, bougie, like fancy or whatever. Right? Like,
0: <laughs> okay, they use it a little more derogatory, more like fake fancy when they use it. Oh, fake so. fan, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think it was meant in prop more in that because he's a, you know, he's yeah. f- fluffy, I guess. So she thought that, you know name worked for him but
0: <laughs> there you
1: go i like it i like he's it. so bougie, so bougie. <laughs> he's a little punk though he's just the, the name he looks like he's bougie but he's more like a little little runt <laughs> nice <laughs> um, um but yeah that 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 um that newspaper strip story you're talking about yeah. that is probably <laughs> My, the least favorite of mine too because it's a little too ridiculous like the oh, premise yeah. is just outrageous I mean it's almost comedic because uh, they try to like evil. Uh, the the there's the media, the news media that tries yeah. to make it look like He-Man is uh, print, uh He-Man has gone broke and he's like teamed up with Evil Lyn to sell cosmetics. I'm like, <laughs> what was Chris Weber smoking when he wrote right. this one? I love Chris, but I was like, this is an odd story. I'm kind of surprised Mattel approved it. That's um, what I was
0: wondering because it's like every you hear about everything Mattel having to approve and they like let this go through. You yeah, know, and having- that a long story. Having the media and the TVs alone was like, okay. Like, the, yeah. I guess that you could kind of get around the media if they had done it in a more town crier kind of yes. way. Yeah. But with the TV screens and and just the fact that everyone just, like, was like, oh, well, it's evil, in selling cosmetics. And not a single Eternos citizen was like, she's evil. Like, they were yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. She's cool now. Yeah. She's selling makeup. She's the Avon lady.
1: I'll be honest with you, the, the, the early stories are my favorites in the strips. Yeah. The first first few stories, are, I think, are really solid. Then it starts to get hit or miss. Um, there are some stories later in the run as it goes on. Some of them are really strange. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything before you read it, but there are some couple that I think are pretty strong, too. There are a couple of really good ones left, I think. Um, there's one about an earthquake that I really like. And there's another one about a um uh, uh the kartan the the lost tomb of kartan who's this like ancient ruler and um he has these deathless soldiers that are made of of sand uh it's a sort of an Egyptian nice. vibe to it, and I like that story it has like a very like what? Uh, like movie serial kind of feel to it. Sure. That one I like that one. Yeah, pulpy. Yeah, it's very pulpy, fun. and and Clamp Champ is in that too. And I I like that story a lot. Um, but some of there's another one like Human in Wonderland. It's like what? Yeah, is,
0: what is going on here? I haven't gotten <laughs> I to like that, that, one that one yet, but that one I know that one's coming up. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: but the other and thing, adventurous one
1: too.
0: Oh, it was. Okay. There's a
1: new adventures at the end. the last story is a new adventures story. Oh,
0: I thought you meant the Wonderland one was set in. New oh Avengers. no
1: no 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 no. Oh, okay. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's another neat thing that this one actually because you know we talked about that before how the UK comics and like the German comics they just kind of went full force from Masters of the Universe to New Adventures and none of mm-hmm. the US stuff really seemed to do that. There was always mm-hmm. that break in between. So it was neat finding out that these newspaper strips actually went the same way. Like, they went right into, you know, a New Adventures storyline.
1: Yeah, um, it did. And it tied it up pretty nicely, too. Like, it's the only New Adventures story that I'm aware of that has, like, an actual ending to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we're missing still a few – since that book has been published, we have acquired more than half of the missing strips. Yeah. So. I'm hoping we find all of them someday and that we can republish the book with a complete run of the strips. Uh, And if anybody's listening to this and you had the newspaper strip in your newspaper, get in touch with Matthew and, uh, you know, or with me and let us know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. You actually read my mind. I was leading up to that where I was. So so basically, it's a, it's an all or nothing thing because I know you had talked before about trying to find a way to get like a supplement out there with what you had found. Um, mm-hmm. Is that still a viable option or is it just if we find them all, we could look at a reprint, like a total reprint?
1: I think they are, to do a reprint, they're going to want a complete set. To do that, if we never find them, like maybe at, we could do like a pamphlet thing, like a, as yeah. a power con thing or something. Maybe we could release like a little pamphlet with the missing ones that we have found.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, because we also, in addition to finding the missing strips, we also, a lot of the Sundays we couldn't find in color later. We only found black and white. We got a lot of the color Sundays that we were missing. So those would be included as well, you know, so. Nice. Uh, but I don't know if Dark Horse would be willing to do a reprint unless we had a complete run. Yeah. You never know, though. They might, or or some kind of pamphlet that you could, you know, display alongside yeah. the, the newspaper strip book, you know.
0: Yeah, that's what I was hoping for, at least. If you at least had a secondary book where you could go like, okay, when I get to this point in the main book, I can look over here and I can actually,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah, if worse comes to worse, maybe we can put them online. Like, if we never find them, too, maybe, or they don't let us print something, maybe we could just put them online as, like, a download. Like, here are the missing pages that you can print out or something, you know? Right, right. At some point, I want to get them out.
0: Very nice. Um, Yeah. Oh, and I I guess the other thing I really have to say about the Newspaper Strip Book, I definitely recommend everyone picking it up. There's a lot of good stuff in here. You get to see a lot of the later characters, like Danielle said, uh, Clamp Champ, Ninjor. um, There's there's quite a bit of a horde presence, too, at least in the part that I've seen so far. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The one thing, though, is like when I was binging it is the way it's set up, because these were daily strips. So you were getting seven strips a week. There is some overlap on some of the Mm -hmm. strips where it's kind of like, well, I just read that. So... Yeah, it you probably, Yeah, you probably wouldn't notice as much reading it daily back when you back when it was being printed, um, but you definitely notice it when you're reading through the book. So for that reason, too, I try to take it into smaller doses here, you know, than, yeah. than to sit down like a novel and just go through it all, you
1: know. Yep. Yeah, I think too. Like sometimes people weren't reading every single day. Like they might pick up the paper and they might have missed like a mm-hmm. couple of days of the story. So it goes by slow. And then Sunday seems to recap yeah. quite you know key moment, key things that happen too in the dialogue and stuff.
0: Well, because I remember that as a kid. Honestly, <clears throat> my dad was out of town working during the week. We only had a Sunday subscription to the newspaper we didn't get a mm-hmm. daily even when we had subscriptions. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely see why they would keep that in mind as they're, you know, publishing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's definitely something where they, uh, Chris, even Chris Weber, the writer even mentioned that when I was talking to him, that they had to kind of keep that in mind too. And uh, when you look at, through the scripts too that, that he wrote you can see that it's definitely he has it broken down so that he re you know covers the what he anything that might be important if you didn't read the dailies
0: you know right
1: yeah but
0: yes amazing work um, and then yeah. of course of course the one that uh, if i recall correctly sent <laughs> to hibernation for a while
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm getting PTSD. Just looking at, no,
0: No, I'm very proud
1: of that book, but it was very intense working on that. Yeah. (laughs) I gotta
0: gotta say when this was number one, I've always wanted kind of an encyclopedia to he man Me too. Um, When it was first announced, I was picturing something more akin to like how Transformers, I know Transformers did one. Marvel has done a lot of them like Spider-Man in that. Um, I can't think of the name. There was a company that did, like, just that. And it was kind of like, they're just kind of like guidebooks, but they would just kind of go over the main points. Like, the Transformers Mm -hmm. one was probably about half as thick as this. It went over your main Autobots and, like, the main things about it, and then your main Decepticons. And it was just kind of more like bullet points, you know. Um, And they basically just stuck to, like, the most famous or preferred version of the character. Like Optimus was all, you know, the G1 Optimus. They didn't talk about, you know, the the robots in disguise reboot or anything like that. Um, and so that's kind of what I was expecting. And then when this came out <clears throat> and I actually started diving into it, it's like, this is a million times better. I mean, it's, it's huh. for those of you who don't have it, I mean, it goes into such detail I mean, and I use it all the time on the show here. Uh, if I'm, I use it to make sure I've got my facts right. I use it to learn more about the obscure characters, and it just goes over everything. You know, the, I just flipped open to Shira randomly, and you know, she's got you know, two full pages here going over everything, from you know the Filmation series to the Ladybird books to audio plays from Germany, uh, you know, everything. So. Uh, and it's funny because Shizar is right after Shira, so uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so how? I guess I've always wondered, like, how did you sell this book? Was it a hard sell, or did you? I mean, especially with how in depth it was, or was Dark Horse just like, yeah, go for it, because this is so above and beyond any other guide that I've seen on the market,
1: you know. Mm. Um, it was uh, something that a lot of fans were asking for online. Um, when when the book started coming out, that was something that kept being referenced as something that people wanted. And I think that was noticed, you know, that people kept just in threads and stuff commenting that they wanted um, an encyclopedia for Masters of the Universe. So it was always kind of perplexed me when there were some fans that were like why why are they doing this all this information is available online and it's like not really unless oh. you like you know can read german and italian and 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 uh, portuguese and, um we wanted to sort of i think val took that and when dark horse was like going over the books they were going to do i know he did a poll on human.org mm-hmm. And the cartoon guide and the newspaper strips ranked very highly i don 't know if the encyclopedia was one of the choices or not i don 't remember, but uh I guess you know Val mentioned it to Dark Horse and they were really into the idea. Dark Horse was very enthusiastic about the idea of doing that so um, uh you know we got a team together, a big team of like hardcore fans to to work on this. Book. I mean, you look at the credits and it just goes on and on. There is a substantial amount of – yeah, substantial number of people that worked on on the book uh, handling each section um, and writing entries for specific canon iterations, doing research. Like there was a lot of – ton of research involved, rewrites. Image acquisition, image restoration, uh, all of that stuff. So it was a very intensive process that a lot and a lot of people worked on it. But the end result was, I think, was worth it because it's pro- it's the most it's more comprehensive than anything you'll find online from Masters of the Universe. Like a lot of people, you know, might reference talk about using Wiki Gray Skull or something like that as a and there's a lot of misinformation there. We were just joking about that the yeah, other day just because there, there is so much misinformation on there. And then the Oregon Encyclopedia is really good too. Rocky maintains that. Uh, it's awesome too and that is an excellent resource too. But uh, right. I think this is a more comprehensive sort of everything together. You just flip to the page you want to look at and, and there there's the character and or whatever item and information about them. So yeah, it was that- – was that fun.
0: was the neat thing, too, is that not only is there characters, but you go over factions, you go over artifacts, weapons, uh, was it vehicles, spells. I mean, yeah, I did I not think expect es- any of this.
1: I think especially if you're a fan of the the lore, like the mythology for Masters of the Universe – that's like a must-have book like some people are much more into the visuals
2: yeah. i
1: love the visuals too. So masters of the universe is like famous for its for its artwork you know um and i actually I worked on the power and honor foundation book too like that was a big you know thing to sort of cover the artwork and then dark horse did the official art of human book and that kind of covered the the artwork of masters of the universe between those two books and then it's like well what else what else can we do what else is out there and uh, the 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 stories and characters of masters of the universe are so iconic that we really wanted to kind of put everything together and then hit every canon because they so because it was a global brand it was a global phenomenon so there were so many different Iterations of it, like you had Aiden Cross was doing all the UK entries. It's just that alone is just a lot of material, and and Sebastian Vogel did all the German stuff. From uh, Sebastian from Planet Eternia, he did all the German stuff. It was just like an immense amount of material that that had to be written about. And many others, like Yuka was on here recently. He did, yes, yes. he wrote a lot for it. Uh, you, uh, James talk did a massive amount of material. All the filmation stuff in that book was written by James. Um, so, like, it was kind of like you take the sort of the expert for each, uh, you know, version, I guess, and they yeah. came in and did their part to contribute to it. So, it just kind of shows when you get a passionate group of fans together that know the brand inside and out and can pull their resources. You can get something like that, you know, and now we have the supplement guide that's coming out too, because there were, we couldn't get everything in there. So we had to do another, another book.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, if you can give us a little teaser, because um, I don't think there has ever been anything I've looked through here that I haven't been able to find. Um, uh, so, so what kind, what, could possibly be in the supplement guide I, <laughs> I mean is there anything you can tease or or even just an yep. entry you can throw out that wasn't in here, or is it like yeah. additions to here
1: you you would be surprised that you know like there there was um more stuff that we didn't couldn't fit into the first book mm-hmm. or that we may not have been aware of when we did the first book. Um, there has been stuff that has been created since the release of the first book. So more stuff that that went in there. Um, I guess I'm trying to, what can I say? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm
0: I'm gonna, have get, to- I'm gonna get Danielle sued by Dark Horse by the end. of Yeah, the yeah, or,
1: that, or Val giving me a phone call and <laughs> and yelling at me for for saying something I shouldn't. Um, it, it's
0: it's okay. No one listens to this podcast, Danielle. Just it just <laughs> me. It's fine. That's not true. That's
1: <laughs> um um uh, I'll throw this one out because we're going to probably solicit it soon. Video games was one of the ones that was okay. in there stuff like lore from the video games was something that, that was in there. So that was not in the first book. We talked about it for the first book, but it wouldn't fit. We couldn't get it. We had to kind of draw the line somewhere, and that was one of the things. And then um, some of the more recent DC stuff um, that has come out since the first book. Um, right. uh, um, what else? Uh, some a, – a large – a german canon that was not included in the first book like a lot of material from uh the promo- a german promotional uh magazines that were like had loads of stories that didn't make it into the first book um so those are some that's the kind of the tip of the iceberg there there sure, there's sure. quite a bit more than that but um there's a lot of stuff in there um uh, class the classics bios that we did like that continuing on from where the it left off in the last book like those are in there, um, and um, yeah I can't I don't want to say any more, yeah, but sure. I, I, at some point I think we're going to probably release a list of all the the stuff that's in there but
0: very nice yeah. I look I look forward to getting it so uh, how about about how many pages can you can you share that with us or
1: no? uh, it's much shorter than the other one okay. so. It's, I know it's over a hundred and I think I want to say it's, I'm not sure the exact page count, but it's maybe 150, 160, something like that. It's in, in, in that ballpark.
0: That's still a a nice size book. You know, when you, when it kept being talked about, I kept thinking like a pamphlet or like a little supplement, like this is actually like a pretty good book. So
1: yeah, it's like a little hardcover book. It's, it's under, I think it's under 200, but over a hundred. So
0: Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um So yeah, so the bios. Let's let's talk about that for a second here. So mm-hmm. you and Eric have have done the ultimate task of actually making me not cringe before I read a bio anymore. <laughs> so
1: That's that's high praise.
0: <laughs> congrats to you guys. Um thank you. And and that's just that's me personally with the bios. I've always felt they were they were a little too story-driven, a little too focused on telling a full and complete story. I always pref- thought that they should have just been more like file cards where it's like, you know, He-Man is the most powerful man in the universe. His abilities include this, this, and this. He transforms with the sword of power, you know. Um, that being said, I do also like the ones that you guys have done where you've been dabbling with the ancient gods and and telling little stories your own but without going too too far where it's like okay this is the end of the universe in one bio card on the back of a toy you know (laughs) um so what's been your favorites to work on so far
1: um, well, my, my, my favorites are, um, Eric's, you know, Eric, every time he, like, when he would send me a bio, I'd, like, always get, like, excited, you know, cause we had, we had to divvy them up and, uh, he did half and I did half, so I'd always kind of, like, geek out when he'd send me, like, okay, I wrote up a, the bio for, for this character and this character. Um, I don't know what the favorites, I guess some of my favorites are, I mean, it's, I'm a, as no secret, I'm a huge, you know, horror fanatic. So, um, that's kind of what I brought to some of those was, uh, I got to do Rap Traps bio, which I really like. I pulled a lot from like classic mummy films for that one. Right. Uh, Karg, I gave him a sort of characterization as this inquisitor, uh, of Snake Mountain, the sort of the grand inquisitor of, of Snake Mountain, you know. So, I, I didn't want to go. T- Say torture—that's a bit extreme for Masters of the Universe, but he's cut from the same cloth, cloth as like Count Rugen, you know, count yeah. Marquis Assad. Kind of has oh, that absolutely. kind of to him, you know, a gothic villain kind of thing. um We all, and we all
0: knew what you were saying, um but keeping it family <laughs> friendly at the same time, which yeah, is what yeah. which is what Masters all about, in my opinion. It's like read between the lines, and you'll see what it means, but we're still keeping it okay for the kiddos.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to go too, too don't want to go too dark, you know. Then it, then it, then it doesn't becomes not as much Masters of the universe. Um, a dark star fragment. I loved writing that because I got to do a monster squad, you know, kind of yes. a. a a supernatural bio with with that, so that was fun. I, I like I guess I like writing the the horror themed ones the most, and then some fun ones like it's just fun to do. It's fun to explore the the character, like take a character or an item, and our I guess our our process for that was like, okay, if you take this item, what is this item's significance to the history of Eternia or Ethereal, Like what role did this item play in this period of time? And you kind of use that as an anchor for, for the story. The problem is though, with the classics bios is that we're 12 years into, to this, right? And Scott Nightlake, when he was writing them, set it up, as as you pointed out, as like an ongoing storyline. So it's like a card-backed soap opera almost where it's like all the pieces are, you know, you have to put them together to try to figure out what's yeah. going on as opposed to like just a straight-up file card that's like this He-Man has the, channels the power of Grayskull to become, you know, a, a protector of Eternia. Um, so it was like trying to figure out how to make that work coming into that after seven years and like, okay, how do we, how do we work with this material and try to kind of also be creative at the same time and, and create something that we're enjoying when it was a lot of just fun to, to do that. You know, it was a, it was fun to sort of add to that. Um, It's, I know it's not for everybody, but uh, at least I hope that people, you know, some people seem to <laughs> dig them, so that's pretty cool. Oh, no, yes,
0: you you have succeeded in 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 turning it around, and I'm not, you know. And there were some. I'm I'm not trying to bash, you know, what came before you. And there were some bios, uh, even before that were that were decent. Oh yeah. Um, but I I really like what you guys are doing with it. I think you get the flavor. I think you, I think you've and you've been able to do some stuff that has rectified earlier mistakes in the line. Um and you just have fun like i like that um yeah your dark star fragment was really cool with that with the whole uh who was it it was, it was uh scareglow uh right scareglow rap trap uh, Rap-trap, uh Shikodi, was she there
1: so, Sultra.
0: no oh, Sultra.
1: Sultra was the witch we didn't have chicote cuz i was like ah chicote too powerful to hang out with that. like she seems like so right. removed from from anything like to, she's like uh Chakotty just strikes me as such a powerful entity right. in and of herself, you know, that she wouldn't, she would be like the leader of such a group. Whereas I kind of wanted Scareglow mm-hmm. to have his own little thing going on the side. Um, yeah. Sultra. And then the Crimson Countess too.
0: That's right. But yeah, yeah. that was a nice little, like, uh, like a, like a B squad of villains. No one, no yeah. one too powerful, but working together, they could be kind of like a sinister six type of vibe where they yeah, really yeah. kind of take them down. Um, and of course I gotta throw it out there. The one that I love, um, that played into some of the stuff in my head was a space ace bio. Like yes. that was that was a ton of fun. And I still <laughs> I still wanna see that someday, whether it be a comic or a show or something. I wanna see just this crazy side episode <laughs> that follows Space Ace fighting against um I feel bad I can't remember his name Plundor. now. Plundor. Plundor. <laughs> no, you had you or but um that's right, Plundor they were fighting against, but who uh, the little imp, or the ma- magical who is character, Wook,
1: Wook, 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 Wook from Wook from the Italian comic. He's like a Mister Mixia Spitlick type, yes. you know, bat-like type who has those omnipotent magical powers. Right. That
0: yeah. No, if that if that is if that ever goes into like a comic or a show or something, that's gonna be my favorite episode because that was hidden <laughs> everything for me.
1: Um, oh man, I had so much fun writing that. Like I was like cracking up as I was writing because it just. You always have, like, that one episode, like, even if it's a serious show, you always have that, like, in, in like, a Justice League or something, you always have that, like, one or two episodes that are, like, a little bit more lighthearted that have, it's still like an adventure, but it's a little more a little more levity to it, a little more fun to it. And it, so, and it has, I wanted to give it a little bit of that Guardians, the galaxy feel meets yeah. uh, was Booster Gold. You mentioned, I love that you mentioned Booster Gold when you guys oh, yeah. talked about it. So I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Space Ace's personality would be that kind of arrogant kind of personality oh. that he would have, you know.
0: <laughs> and And you made me care about a character that I didn't give, you know, a feeling for before. It's like Space Ace, the whole Vicron concept, like, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's, it's, the, it's mm-hmm. the trio. It's that original concept, and I'm just like, right. whatever. Um, and then after reading that, I'm like, you know what? I'd really like to see Space Ace in something using this personality, you know, where he doesn't just mm-hmm. have to be like an early concept guy or, you know, kind of a clone of He-Man like they like to do with a lot of those concept characters. Um, yeah. And above all I think masters should be fun. Like at at its core I think that it can get serious, it can go to dark mm-hmm. places, but it's got to have its fun too. It's got to have that balance or we- else or else it's just any sword and sorcery thing, you know? So Agreed, agreed.
1: Yeah. I mean, my favorite characters tend to be the more humorous ones. Like I love Cringer and Orco and right. Prince Adam. Like that trio of characters was almost like their own little comedy team almost that I love. I just, cause it's just, I don't know. Me, I love the adventure and the mystery and everything, but I also love, like, I do love the little humorous aspects, uh, but done well, like not, you know, right. uh, Thundercats roar type humor. Uh, yeah. although I have, I haven't watched that. I don't know how that my friend, uh, Daniel from, from School, He's a bit, he likes it, but I, I haven't really? watched it. I, yeah. Yeah. He does. He, I, but I haven't, I have not watched it, so I don't know. I probably shouldn't have thrown that out as a point of reference, but (laughs) but I don't think that would work for He-Man. I wouldn't want to, I don't think I would want to see that for He-Man.
0: And I guess I shouldn't have just dissed it like that because you know what? There are people who really legitimately like that kind of comedy and that kind of animation. And Mm. if you do good for you, I just know from the previews, I can tell like that is not something I'm into. um, That slapstick uh, different animation. I just,
1: it's just uh, like there was one premise for He-Man that they were – when they were doing these an- different animations, there was one that looked kind of like a, almost like a distorted – almost like a Renan Stimpy-esque. I just saw one frame from it, and I was yeah. like, I don't want He-Man to look like Renan. It was like Skeletor and He-Man sitting at a bar or something. I'm yeah, like, he- no. He-Man was that-
0: like fat and yeah, – Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like that's not the kind of humor I want to see for He-Man, but something where it's like – you know, there's some humor with like – Cringer, like I love the scenes in filmation where Cringer doesn't want to turn into Battle Cat, oh, yeah. and, and Adam's like, Cringer, we have to go. Do, do you really want to, you know, you really want to, you know, leave this person with, you know, not help? And Cringer like turns to the camera and goes, You really want me to answer that, you know? Like, <laughs> just, right. he like he doesn't want to do it, you know. I I liked that kind of, and I love the. I I don't care what anybody says. I love He Man's like little little uh, asides and his wry sense of humor in the oh, filmation. Yeah. To me, that's like part of what makes He-Man really likable is that Mm -hmm. he has that wry sense of humor that's kind of carried over from from Adam, too. Adam kind of has that a little bit, too, you know? Um, I like that. Not pushed to an extreme, but He-Man should have a little bit of a kind of a – Right. Not – in a fun way, he has that kind of – Rye sense of humor where he teases a little bit and stuff you know
0: oh absolutely it's what we all do it's what we all do with all of our buddies like well i was giving giving sean uh grief at the beginning of the episode he's he's uh, (laughs) spoiler alert he's not actually at the beach he's he's just uh, got a lot of work deadlines this week and he wasn't able to make it but i had Mm. to give him grief because that's what we do you know that's that's showing that camaraderie you know he's He's mm-hmm. not the Orco character where he's just prat falling in that sort of stuff. But yeah, I agree. He needs to have a little bit of comedy, uh, a little sense of humor, um, because he's got hope, you know. Yeah. So even in the darkest situation, he's able to pull out a joke. He's able to pull out a laugh because he knows things will get better. You know, he's that eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And that's yeah. an integral part. If he was standing there going, "Yep, we're all gonna die." But we'll go out <laughs> swinging. It's like, okay, that's that's a neat character, but it's not a He-Man character, you know? Yeah. You know, that's somebody. That's something more maybe Fisto could play that role, you know? Sure. Where he just like... Oh, totally.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't be like everybody has that. So it's like Fisto would be more of a brawler yeah. type, I imagine. Right. You need, yeah.
0: Well, Clash <laughs> of Arms. He's like, yeah, I'm probably sure. not going to make it out of this arena, but I'm going yeah. to... I'm going to take down as many evil warriors as I can before they take me down, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, and they should
1: all be extremely formidable. Like all of yes. them are, you know, they're not to be trifled with, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, they're, and they're just, you know, I like the distinct personalities of, of each character. Like if everybody is just like funny or everybody is just like, you know, serious barbarian it's like well you know what fun is that there has to be some there have to be some different shades to the different characters you know
0: right right nope i yeah. completely agree um yeah. so well, let's go ahead if it's all right with you let's uh, go ahead and transition over let's uh let's talk about this comic first sure switch over uh so why don't you just give us a little quick uh we'll go through this page by page like we always do but just kind of a quick little background Uh, what is this where is it from and how you came to be involved with it
1: okay so this is um issue 17 of the he-man and the masters of the universe comic from brazil published by editora abril um they published a series of he-man comic books in brazil uh and uh Initially the comics were adaptations of Filmation episodes in fact I have some of them here um initially the the comics were like adaptations of of Filmation episodes um and the artwork in these early ones was not very good it was it was all right I guess you know um and they were just basically repeating the stories from the TV show and so fans wrote in Readers, kids, you know, were writing into the comic book and complaining that, hey, these are just these are just repeating the stories from the cartoon and the artwork isn't that good. So editor Abril actually ch- completely changed gears and they started publishing original stories uh in issues that also had reprints from the UK comics and the Star comics but definitely the most notable thing was that they had original stories they got Watson Portella who is a very well known comic book artist in Brazil to come in and um and a couple of writers and mostly Ho- Jose Menezes um to come in and write stories and their stories were pretty solid. They looked like Filmation-style stories. Watson Portella's artwork was really quite good. Uh, and uh, the storylines that they developed for some of these issues were really good fantasy stories, fantasy sci-fi stories, like like in the tradition of He-Man. Yes. They created a lot of cool characters for these issues, um, these original stories, and then they also started a She-Ra comic, and they also wrote some original stories for She-Ra combined with reprints of the UK. So for this one, um, uh, this issue, they had, like, a couple of stories. Like, you have the first story, uh, you know, it's, they have the that, first story.
0: Is that the Eternia Flower? I'm just guessing. Yeah, I don't yes,
1: know. it's the Eternia Flower. It was an adaptation okay. of, of that, and then but they changed it. They had their own – they started doing, like, taking filmation episodes and go, let's do our own version of this, and they would kind of alter it sometimes. Really? Was It was interesting what they started doing yeah they were like well let's make this our own version of this story and and change it around a little bit Mm -hmm. um like it was it was kind of interesting what they started to do in some of these then they had like like little puzzles in the middle like games and things uh people would send in um send in artwork and stuff like that um and then you got the second story which is the Submarine mystery, and this is one of the original stories that they wrote. It's probably the most popular of the original stories that they did in Brazil, and it features the the villain, uh, Shizar or Shizar. Where I call her Shizar, Shizar but yeah. um, but I she a lot of people call her Shizar too, which is yeah. perfectly fine. I don't know what the writer's intention was there, I was just kind of basing it on. I speak Portuguese if my parents are from there. So I was trying to like, okay, how would you – how would this sound in Portuguese? <laughs> I was right. trying to do like – you know, so – And um, so is, yeah.
0: is, is that how you uh, found out about these?
1: Uh... Oh, yeah. Um, well, I knew I knew about them for a while because I had seen them on human.org. Okay. And there's uh, uh, Marcelo Barboza, MacBee on the org – um, he started posting some um, pages from them, like uh, he started a thread um, in the org about it. And um, and so when the character guide happened, uh, one of the one of the canons that I had to write entries for was the Brazilian comics, since I read Portuguese. So um, I had to try to find them uh, right. to get them all. So I reached out to to. Uh, Marcelo and I also reached out to a uh, uh, fan, Nuno Mata, out in, in Portugal, because they they also distributed these comics to Portugal too. And so between those two guys, I was able to get scans of of them or original issues too. Like there's a kind of a Brazilian version of eBay uh, and um, call, uh, called Mercado Livre. And uh, Marcelo was able to get a bunch of them off of that for me. So between the two of those people, I was able to get most of the stuff I need. I got, I think, I got my hands on all the original stories of the Editora Abril. I got mm-hmm. my hands on most of the mini. There was another Brazilian canon, um, the Estrella mini comics which I wish we had put in the mini-comics collection, but they there were official mini-comics, and a lot of those were original stories, too. I still haven't gotten my hands on all of those. I'm still missing the Merman one, that one yeah. I'd really like to get because that's an original story. Um, but um, I got my hands on most scans of most of those. So once I started, got those, I read them all. I read mm-hmm. all the, co- the Brazilian stories, wrote entries for all the characters, he and Shira for the Brazilian canon, for the encyclopedia, for the character guide. And so once I had all that stuff, I'm like, well, I have all these scans and everything. I'm like, I, I should do something with this, you know, like, what if I translate them and start posting them? So I talked to Dusan, uh, who worked with who's worked with James on Return of Faker and stuff, Dusan Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. And Dusan is a super talented uh, guy, you know, so I translated okay. the story and... Sent it to Dusan, He transposed the text onto the pages, restored the pages to make them look like brand new. Like he really mm-hmm. did a nice job with those. And then we've just been posting those. Uh, Yuka helped me with one of them too. He did the Zodak mini comic. The we tran- I translated that and sent that to right. to Yuka. He he did that. So yeah. So that's kind of how I found out about them was just through the fandom, and then got to really know okay. them by through the character guide. Yeah.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, she's our, uh popping mm-hmm. up here and there over the years. And I knew she yeah. was from one of the, I knew she was from one of the foreign comics, but I, I never mm-hmm. really, never really knew which or tracked it down or anything. So, but yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really cool of you to actually be translating these and putting these out there for, for us simpletons that only speak one language. You know, there's <laughs> no way we ever could have, you know, done it otherwise. So well. it's, it's awesome. And yeah, guys, go check out on Facebook. Like Danielle's just putting these out there. There's no, there's no subscription fee. There's no anything. and it's not.
1: And it's not only me. I only translated the Portuguese language ones, the Brazilian ones. But um Gunnar Sadlowski translated uh, a German comic. Sebastian Vogel is working on a German comic for me, and. um the Italian comics were mostly translated by Joey Cruel, Joey Cacciatori, uh, and a couple other uh, Italian fans for the character guide. Mm-hmm. Um, but so some of the Italian stuff we've been putting out there too, and German stuff. So it's like a group of oh, yeah. like fans that are just like, hey, you know, I'm like, help me do this. So we, c- so more, so English speaking fans can read this too, you know? <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> um. And you guys can tell here I've got the, I've got the cover up and I've got the first page up here uh, for you guys watching us on YouTube. You can follow along uh, for those of you guys on audio. Sorry. Um, but you can you can, like I said, check out uh, Daniel's Facebook page. Uh, she usually pulls them up in the Legends of Grayskull uh, Facebook group, too. So you can go there mm-hmm. and find these. Follow along. Um, but when she, when she put it up, for obvious reasons, she didn't put the cover up because the cover has nothing to do with this. This is the secondary yeah. story. Um, so, but I had to go grab the cover because otherwise it's an odd page count and it doesn't work for the setup I've got here. And you can see how much work they've done here. With th- this, I pulled from He-Man.org. The cover's all beat up. It looks like someone wrote on it. And, uh, <laughs> but but the pages are all nice and crisp and clear and just amazing work uh from Deuce and everybody involved so um might as well jump right into it here you got your copy there to follow along or
1: oh uh i, I have yeah, i have the
0: or you might know you might know my heart one. now <laughs> yeah
1: i do probably oh let's see. some little kid drew Gallery of Art Eternia, Skeletor Giselle Martin Santos. Look, he sent in a, a Skeletor drawing. He's watching. Maybe he's watching this. He's like, "Hey, that's my drawing of Skeletor." <laughs> there,
0: there was on one of the groups. Uh, someone put up one of the letters pages from uh, one of the Masters of the Universe magazines, the U.S. ones, and there was a guy who commented. He's like, "That's me. Uh, I wrote no, that." So kidding. That's yeah. awesome. I can't remember wow. who it was now, but it has happened. That is incredible. Uh, so uh I'll go ahead and let you read off these credits here because I will definitely butcher these names. But I like oh, if okay. credit where credit uh-huh. is due.
1: So the uh, writer is Jose Manezis. Uh the artist is Watson Portella. And uh if you look him up, you can find a lot of his amazing artwork out there. Uh, and, and then the colors are Uh, Alvaro Sergio I think that's who it is Um, and then uh, and then um, Yuka uh, not Yuka uh, Dusan did the text transpositions uh, and the restorations on it and I did the translation on it
0: very nice Um, I I like the way they they started this up here with this opening shot that kind of it's He-Man standing in front of the girls in the tubes with a fish monster attacking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like and it's like it, it it jumps you right into the center of the story, and then it takes you all the way back to the beginning. You know, I, right. I, I like I like that that interesting setup there. Um, and so basically we've got we've got after you know it's Lake uh, Crowley. I'm gonna go with Crowley.
1: I think uh, that yeah.
0: A place where strange happenings have become routine, provoking fear and amazement in the fishermen. Is He-Man prepared to solve this mystery? Of course, we all know he is. Um, (laughs) He's
1: always prepared.
0: And then you got uh, a fishing boat with a farmer and a daughter, and the boat is just destroyed out of the water. Mm -hmm. So, nice action-packed opening. And I do agree with it. As I was reading this here everything feels very filmation-y. The designs are, like, spot-on, and even the stuff that they create, like, you could see filmation created it, too. Uh, the fisherman mm-hmm. and his daughter and all these other guys were going to see. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice to see.
1: Yeah, it definitely. They were definitely going for a filmation style with, with these, unlike some of the other comics. Like, if you look at... um you know so the uh, Interpart comics in Germany, or mm-hmm. or even the the Italian comics. The, they're not as on model as these. This this is more on model. The colors are off. Like Man at Arms mustache is like gray in one scene, and Fangman is green in another one. Like yep. sometimes the colors are a little off, but actually they're pretty. They look. I mean, they're recognizably filmation style when you look at them.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah although granamire there's another a uh, couple of stories where granamire shows up uh, i should translate those at some point point. and um he's granamire but he's green he's the green Granomir, and he but he has like feathery wings instead of bat wings it's kind of weird <laughs> like where what why did they do this like everybody else looks like filmation but it's like why did they go for the green version I'm of granamire yeah, yeah, I thought that was a bit strange. I think there might even be a if you look in the character guide under Granamir, I think there's a picture of the I think we did have a picture of the the Brazilian Granamir, I'm pretty sure. I'm going yeah. to look that up now. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but back to the story there. So, so the fishermen mm-hmm. are all floating there. Uh everything's destroyed um and and the daughter has disappeared. Um Yeah. And then we go to the palace, the uh, man arms and Adam has a new vehicle, um, mm-hmm. which I like that. I like that too. It looks, it looks different than anything we've seen. Honestly, it almost looks a little new adventures. Not it kind of does. Bad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of got like a shuttle pod type of feel to it. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but typical setup, they're testing a new vehicle and they head off, um, mm-hmm. And, and luckily, and all that that cartoon comic coincidence, they just happen to fly <laughs> right over this ocean where this boat's been destroyed. Yep. Um, and they find out that they save the fishermen, and they find out that uh, there's something going on where these boats keep getting destroyed and girls are disappearing. Which is yep. a great setup. It's 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 a it's a nice little horror movie setup. I even like how they're telling it around the campfire here. Yeah, you know. I like
1: that too. Atmospheric. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you get a lot. There's a lot of good art here. You got the waves crashing and them getting lit by the campfire. You know, it's, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's a great setup here. Uh, and yeah, guys, we're not going to read through everything. We're just kind of giving you the gist and everything. But um, and then so we, then we got the black pearl rising from the water mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and everyone just getting freaked out.
1: Yeah, Um one of the fishermen saying it's the, the curse of the waters <laughs> yeah
0: and like a, he's saying run and he's taking off and just like incredible like uh, yeah <laughs> there's nothing i face worse stuff than this it's just a black sphere what can that yeah. do to me um and and they all get knocked out or he they try to get knocked out um all the fishermen seem to but luckily adam is able to gain his uh, sensations long enough to transform into He-Man mm-hmm. um, and gets all of them out of there I will say that is one thing here There's, uh, it's not a very vibrant transformation there are no, a lot of no. people who can really uh, Fred Carrillo pops to mind in the golden books he really yeah. nails those transformations on the page it's a hard thing to get um, mm-hmm. but yeah minor nitpick
1: yeah yeah, it's just he's just like okay, I'm He-Man He Man now. Like, there's a little, right. there's the glow around the sword there, but it was it's not as you know, striking as you, as it could be. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then He Man gets his friends' to safety, and he's gonna go after this Black Pearl. Um, mm-hmm. a nice couple pages of them, uh, just swimming, some interesting aquatic life. Uh, here again, yeah. they followed the filmation path of making them look like sharks and fish but with a twist where you can still tell hey I'm on an alien world here you know yeah
1: with the horn on on its nose and like you know I love that that snout has like a horn coming off of it it definitely gives it that more alien yeah. feel to it and that's something I think is important to do like if you do a new version of of human you got to kind of have those touches where yeah there's it's recognizable like there's maybe an earth parallel to that but it's just weird enough that it's not really what we have it's evolved in a different way or something you know
0: exactly yeah, yeah yeah make it recognizable so that the kids can follow along with what it's supposed to be but yeah definitely give us some tweaks the warts and everything on these fish it yeah it's awesome and you know and i gotta say the pacing in this is actually really nice too because we get mm-hmm. a nice couple pages here of just he-man fighting these sharks and he loses mm-hmm. his sword for a moment which is a nice way for him to have to settle it without slicing their heads off, you know. Yeah. Once again, keeping it family friendly, but still allowing him to use a power sword. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he finally he ends up bonking them, and that's when he finds <laughs> the Black Pearl. Um, yeah.
1: I love these underwater shots too, like the blues and the yeah. greens, like the just really visually very striking.
0: Yeah. Nothing. Nothing's really lit properly, you know, you really get that sense that you're at the bottom of an ocean here where you, mm-hmm. everything's tinted and everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I got to agree. And and then so He-Man is, luckily, because he's got to be running out of air by now. I mean, he's down at the bottom of the ocean. He's fought two sharks.
1: Um, <laughs> he's He-Man, though, so. He is He-Man.
0: <laughs> Sometimes he can breathe in space, so, I mean, uh-huh. Uh, he, he's, there's a black force field that comes out and ends up sucking him into the black pearl. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, and, re- and so then, uh, when he ends oh, up. And there's that
1: fish watching him too, that weird, crazy looking swordfish with the yellow and blue and everything. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> right? All animals in Eternity have these vibrant color schemes. They must have yeah. never had to worry about camouflage. Yes. Because they all evolved with just these magnificent colors, I mean, <laughs> um, and I really liked it. This is creepy, like the the girls in like the 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 uh, the pods here, you know, and He Man waking up in a room of just these knocked out girls. Um, yeah, and all of them have really neat designs that feel that place on Eternia too, without just being yeah. like cookie cutter. Yeah. And uh, and so in the next couple pages here we got yeah. uh, and not uh,
1: just yeah. Watson Portella does tend to get uh, a bit cheesecake with some some of these designs too, which has been commented on quite a bit after I post it. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> welcome to the world of Brazilian He-Man comics
0: honestly it's not too much more than what we no. saw in filmation really i mean there's a little bit of that but i mean whenever yeah. Tila walked away from the camera you kind of got that's the same true. thing that so, stuff was
1: going on there too yeah yeah
0: so that that's why i say it's it's not too far off but it is typical. it is definitely his and he made it his own hmm. um so yeah he-man wakes up in this room full of girls in these uh stationary pods and then uh Shazar walks in, yeah, uh, and introduces herself. Uh, she is Shazar, the Dominator of Light, and uh, <laughs> th- and she's got that interesting little orb, which I know will come up a bit more in a minute. But it's it it's an interesting weapon.
1: Yeah, uh, and I'm guessing that's why she's called the Dominator of Light because yeah. the her weapon, the polarizer, can absorb, suck in light and energy, and then. <clears throat> Shoot these energy bolts out.
0: It can do a lot of stuff. So yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he and so He Man asks why why she's here, why she's taking the girls, and I, I will read this part for you. uh And she's she's a, she's quite a bit cocky here. You get the fact that she's a little regal, a little royal, and she's talking mm-hmm. down to He Man. Oh uh, yeah. She, listen, actually, maybe I should. Well, you got the Portuguese yeah so, uh, listen and understand I am from Antar the fifth star. Centuries ago a great war destroyed my planet wiping out the water reserves. I traveled for a long time until I found a place with the perfect conditions to form a new colony um, and so so yeah so basically she's just trying to find a place for the new colony but mm-hmm. he may ask why she took these girls. And she says, my race is almost extinct. We need women to per- perpetuate our species.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is interesting when we get to a later part here.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and He-Man, He-Man said, you can't do that. And she, and she does say she's the princess here. Nobody gives orders to the princess of Antar. Now you will know my power. And she starts using um, the orb to shoot out these black beams yeah. at He-Man. Uh, But he's able, pure filmation, deflect them back to her. Yeah.
1: And I love that illustration of Shazar too, where she's, like, illuminated by the lights. Just looks so, you know, intimidating, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. It's it's a great shot there. And you get the feeling, like, like as we'll find basically, she's got a just cause. She's trying to find a new home. But you can also tell that she's ruthless. She will do anything yeah. to get this new home. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it reminds that, me of uh, Magneto, like, that kind of know, mentality. Like it's a villain, a villain, but with there's a sort of noble. There's a good cause behind, like you said. But the the the, the you know the ends don't justify the means with some of right. the behaviors here. Yeah
0: and uh i i like the shot of her getting knocked out she just goes she goes full out i mean he, yeah <laughs> he knocks it right on her butt and yeah. it ends up reverting her into her natural form which is basically just this giant uh extraterrestrial fish um yeah <laughs> which which leads me to go like okay so if this is her her natural form Why does she need the human girls to keep their species going? Is she going to transform them into fish creatures, or what's the plan there?
1: That is a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) That is – that's an excellent question. I really don't know
0: what – maybe (laughs) (laughs) – Any fan theory? I mean, I know it, it doesn't say. I'm not leading up like it says anywhere in here. But yeah, it was just like, okay, so that's like her rested form. Or is it more like a yeah. King Hiss, where like they're both kind of her natural form, but they they change back and forth? Or even yeah. may, or maybe like a Sorceress and Zor, now that I'm thinking about it, like, mm-hmm. you know... Mm-hmm you know she has a fish form to travel through water yeah. and she's got the human form to travel on land and that's how her spe- maybe right. that's it maybe it's maybe that's
1: it yeah maybe that's it you know
0: i do yeah. best when it, i'm bouncing ideas off people i find
1: so. no well it's it's a, it's a good question and it's it's one that i just you know i if i, I was if you if you think about it it really doesn't make sense like <laughs> like, like maybe yeah maybe she Maybe her people, like when you see the planet exploding, they're humanoid on, yeah, and, I, I on her planet. Yeah, I did notice that. Mm-hmm. So maybe, or maybe that's what you suggested is, is the deal. Maybe both are like actually form legitimate forms for her species, you know, yep. depending on what the terrain is for, for them. I like yeah. that. So when she yeah. gets her
0: classics figure, put that in the bio, all right?
1: There you go. Okay.
0: <laughs> then you can Duly settle noted. The
1: debate once Duly noted. All.
0: <laughs> um, and then, and, and here's what I liked about the polarizer of light because it just thrown out there. As far as I know, a pol- polarizer doesn't appear in anything else. But he man picks up and he's just like, oh yeah, she was able to be in human form because of the polar polarizer. But, yeah, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know yeah. what this is.
1: Yeah. Although later on she assumes human form and she doesn't have the polarizer, I don't think. I think Skeletor has it at some point. So, like, well, she doesn't have it then, and she's still able to do it. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> you can make anything yeah. valid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so He Man's decided, you know, he's going to take this moment before she's able to transform back, and he's going to get the girls out of here um unfortunately then we've got uh the collector flying overhead which is yeah. nice to see one of my favorite vehicles
1: me too yeah yeah
0: and uh so he-man uses the the polar and again he-man just knows how to use the polarizer so this is uh, apparently a common uh object on Eternia this isn't off the, <laughs> off the wall here
1: yeah. maybe maybe it's just like you know very intuitive like once you've have it it's like oh okay that's how this works you that's know? how you do it it <laughs> uploaded its interface
0: into his brain yeah. when he held uh, it so we're good uh, to go.
1: at the very least they seem aware of what it is like yes. of its existence yeah
0: we'll say we'll say it's nanites everything's nanotechnology nan- yeah that's that's <laughs> the go-to go. now it used it used to be the wizard did it now it's nan nanotechnology no. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> um <laughs> And so he's able to free the girls. They head to this uh, uh, escape pod, a module ship, Mm -hmm. basically an escape pod. And uh, I I like that Shazar's transformation on this page. It isn't just like a a back and forth, like fish human, fish human. Um, It shows this weird in-between stage. I love it, yeah. Mutating. (laughs) It's so Um, creepy. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a creature from the black lagoon type thing going on Mm -hmm. there. Um, And, and, and so, yeah, you can definitely see her morphing into this other form. Um, For those of you, I don't know if you read Stephen King, but it reminds me of uh, the outsider. uh, One of his more recent books, it's got a monster in there that does the same thing. It can assume the form of humans like it copy your form, but it takes time, and in between, it looks all mushy and not put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so same kind of concept here. It's really neat mm-hmm. to see. Um. Uh, but she goes to press a button to, if I remember correct. Oh no, it's not the it's, it's to stop the module, um, uh, mm-hmm. and try and and stop the girls from escaping, um, and so then but then we get the Skeletor. Um and I, I liked it here. They had Merman, which smart to bring along since he's investigating the ocean. And we actually get to see Fangman, who is from yes. the filmation episode The Time Corridor. Um, who we don't see pretty much at all outside of that. So
1: Yeah, he shows up in a couple of Brazilian comics just in the background and
0: yeah.
1: not colored the right color, but no. hey, it's it's <laughs> Fangman. That's kinda cool, yeah. It's still Fang.
0: <laughs> He's he's shedding his skin right now. It's his, it's his yes, thing phase. So he's <laughs> is it, he is yeah. green in this, but he is rec- instantly recognizable as Fangman. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all those people that say he left Fangman in the past in the time corridor, no, he didn't. He's here. Look, <laughs>
1: there he is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with Merman and Skeletor.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, which I probably include him here because he probably looks like another underwater. Type. Like you always throw the lizards and the fish in together. Right. Like a, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little team up here. Um, And then so uh, uh, as they dive under the water to investigate what all these strange readings are, uh, we find He-Man up against a giant octopus with elephant tusks. Um, Yes. (laughs) Once again, cool design. Um, Very earthly, but still foreign. So yeah, yeah. uh, These these guys really got what makes Masters great here. Mm hmm. Uh, and I just, I hear the filmation theme music in my head as I'm reading this, like them trying to get to the escape pod. And this octopus, I picture him dropping out of the ceiling on him and just wrapping yeah. him up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she presses the button and just drops the octopus on him. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and at the same time, we got Skeletor swimming to the ship, um, which even Skeletor needs a face mask here. So. Yeah. He's got a whole scuba suit on. Yeah. Why he didn't actually bring Merman with him. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That you would think he would maybe send Merman to, to deal with it. You know, go check that out and report back, you know? Uh,
0: And, and so we've got E-Man all tied up with the octopus. Skeletor takes the advantage to knock, uh, Shazar out and steal the, uh, polarizer. Mm -hmm. Uh, he Man is able to defeat the octopus, overpowers him. He doesn't have to kill him. He's just a simple creature. We just tie him up and <laughs> throw him to the side. Yeah. Um and and and, and of course now Shazar is all like, help me, He Man, you know, now mm-hmm. that she's being taken <laughs> prisoner by Skeletor, yeah. you know. Now she wants some help.
1: Yeah. And um, Skeletor clearly he knows what the polarizer is too. Like he, he yeah. wants that. He knows. He seems to know what that is. So there must be some knowledge of that artifact
0: yep, on yep. Eternia. Yeah, and he and he uses it to. Uh, uh, he uses it to just not not. Oh no, he's absorbing the energy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he absorbs the light from He Man into and the octopus, and that results in them knocking out um, as he takes off with the polarizer and he's, he's going to use it to spread darkness throughout all of Eternia and take over Grayskull mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we do. With like everything. you do. Yeah. <laughs> typ- typical Thursday on Eternia.
1: You know? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and so now Shazar uses her, her fish form to cause some ruckus. She transforms back and is able to use that to, uh, to just mess with them. Um, and I did find it interesting here. They forgot who Skeletor had with him, or beast man was just hiding in the back the whole time. Cause now it's beast man. Yeah. Beast man's
1: hanging and... out there now. Yeah. <laughs> Collector is pretty big. He could have been like, maybe he was using the bathroom or something in the it's earlier serious. scene. Like we did. <laughs> <laughs> he was out of frame. He was just out of frame. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, he I love how beast man is distracted by it too. Beast man's right. like, look,
0: right. a yeah. fish. <laughs> just picture just flopping around the whole thing and beastman is like, what in the world and they you know, yeah and they they end up crashing the collector into a giant rock they like yep it's a distracted mom if you don't stop fighting i'm gonna i'm gonna run into something you know yeah you know, the kids in the back seat and he actually does um <laughs> and i like Ske- i like skeletor here he's like it. He, they just crash the ship and all he's worried about is a polarizer. He's like, well, it's okay. Yep. The polarizer's intact. I'm still going to contact Grayskull. Everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he has his priorities. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, he man flies the, the black pearl, um, and finds, uh, Skeletor there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they have their little standoff there. Yeah. Um, I course, love that
1: little inset of the creepy Shazar in between stage where she's just with that yeah. the fish face. You know that's so cool. Yeah,
0: I tell you, I tell you what, and we'll we'll get to our classics in a minute. But if they ever mm-hmm. do make her as a classic, they have to include that head. The head has Definitely. to have both. It's got to have the fully formed. And, you know, it'd be nice to have a whole second body, but that's not going to happen. She's at least got to have that head, though.
1: Yeah, like Tom, Tom, Drew. Yeah, like, definitely, you got to have that, yeah.
0: And, uh, and so, and I, I once again here, the use of colors is awesome here. You can see, you can see the rising sun here casting the shadow on Skeletor, and as He-Man comes to confront him, he's all in shadow, um... It's it's just a, it's nice little touches like that that really set the mood mm-hmm. in these types of stories.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and so is uh, just baiting him. He's gonna he's gonna let him get close, and then he's just gonna take him out with the polarizer because uh, polarizer conquers all. Um, <laughs> and and Shazar realizes, you know, well, He-Man is maybe not my friend, but he's the lesser of two evils here. You know, yeah. All he was trying to do was rescue his uh, his citizens. Skeletor is actually trying to destroy everything. Um, yep. So she's able to help him out by forming a force field around He Man to protect him from the Polarizer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can almost hear like the Aquaman sound effect with a. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. Those, <laughs> you
0: see the circles oh, coming out of her head. <laughs> absolutely. That's a, that's a great touch. That is how all aquatic. Uh, beings communicate or use their power. exactly, exactly. Oh, that. <laughs> uh, and that's what you get. You get the guys writing this so just have that love for all this kind of stuff. You can tell when they do just the mm. little stuff they drop in there. Yeah, um, and not only does she put a force field around him, but she creates a whole army of He-Man illusions. Yes, um, because
1: the polarizer can also create. It, or I don't know if it's coming well, from her. I think it's the polar the hallucinations that you yeah, can that's, see. <laughs> that's just her powers at that point. Because skeletor has okay, got yeah, the polarizer, yeah. so that's right. He is holding it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So
0: so Shazar Shazar with the polarizer <laughs> is darn near unstoppable here. So, mm-hmm. um, between her powers and its power, <laughs> and then Skelter just like. Who do I attack? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and the real He-Man just one punches him, which is all you need. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh and then Shazar uh comes to her senses and realizes how overpowered she is with the polarizer and yeah. gives it to He-Man because it's it's too she realizes it's too much power for her. She doesn't need that mm-hmm. much power, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and so then He-Man asks her to, to stay on Eternia and they can help her find a home here. Um, but she's, she's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with Skeletor all the time. He's, he's never going to stop. And, you know, you get, you got a nice home, but your neighbors are really awful. And I'm not, uh um,
1: so instead I'm going to go kidnap women from a different planet. See, right. That's why she doesn't say that, but it's like kind of like, what is she going to do now? You know, right. I, she seems to have learned her lesson, but re- has she, you know, yeah. I don't know. We brought her back in the bios and had her not, you know, she still goes back to doing some pretty messed up stuff.
0: I think she would be uh, real quick to wrap this up here. Um, but, yeah, yeah man at Arms showed up randomly throughout there. And, you know, they send her off and they go, you know, he man does the typical if you need me you know uh uh you know just call you know mm-hmm. and we'll help you um it's a nice little send off but yeah i thought the same thing it's like it's like okay so but still she needs to repopulate her species and she's still going to need people for that whatever way she does it however however that fishy mating works she obviously needs <laughs> people for it um so, yeah, she is going to go somewhere, and she is going to do something to repopulate her species. Um, I kind of looked at her after reading this as more of a Namor the Submariner uh, yeah, type of character. Yeah, I see that.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: not only the and- aquatics, but she's going to do by her people first, and she may help you guys out. But if it comes down to Eternia or her people, she's going to go her people every yeah. time, even if that means fighting against teammates.
1: Yeah, more of like an anti-hero. You know, right. more of an anti-hero than a straight up hero or villain. She's kind of shades of gray with her, definitely. For sure. Which yeah, I, I like the mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, I like the Namor, the submariner kind of parallel there that that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I think honestly, I think the main reason she gets the polarizer is like okay, this Skelter guy is a bad dude and I don't want to have to deal with him trying to follow me or come after me. She's like, here, you take this. I don't need yeah. this. I'm still powerful enough on my own. And now he'll bother. If he wants it, he'll have to bother you for it. Like, I'm washing yeah. my hands of this planet. I'm out, you know. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's kind of, it, it's almost kind of a sweet bee's home type of, type of storyline, mm-hmm. really. Which makes me wonder if you know, do you know what year this was released? Does it have any uh, eighty eighty seven.
1: 87. It was in 1987. Okay. Uh, but I so think the cartoon... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what year the cartoon started airing in Brazil, though, because it might have... You know, it was extremely popular in Brazil, though. The Filmation cartoon was massively successful in Brazil to the point where, like, pop stars were doing songs about He-Man and She-Ra, and it was, yeah. like, huge, huge hit in Brazil. So this it might have been in reruns at this point i don't sure. know but yeah so
0: just with the years it's definitely possible that they could have seen sweet bees home at this point and it could have been yeah. kind of them doing their own twist on it but i mean
1: maybe so yeah
0: it's a pretty standard you know archetypal story though so it, i'm not saying they did it's definitely possible yeah. for to to follow those kind of beats without doing sure it. Uh, Shazar is definitely her own character, uh, and very interesting and unique.
1: Yeah, and I honestly like—I thought that having Skeletor show up was not needed. Like,
0: no. it was
1: almost felt like Skeletor was shoehorned into the story because I think Shazar could have actually carried the story as the main antagonist on her on her own mm-hmm. without having Skeletor show up in the story it kind of almost derailed it and took it in a different direction uh and it was good I mean it was I thought I still enjoyed it but I was like oh I I think this still this could have actually worked better with just not having that and having her as sort of the, the main threat because she had this there was this great setup with first plan that she was yeah. you know and then he-man finds out about it and it's like what you can't do that and then all of a sudden skeletor shows up and it's like whoa i mean i guess that's what skeletor does though right he's kind of yeah. the wild card who's like oh <laughs> the monkey yeah. wrench in the in the gears you know
0: i'll agree i think it could have been it definitely could have been better without skeletor i think you still would have needed some sort of an external threat or even you know mm. Uh, some, basically something turned on or because Skeletor is the motivation for her to realize, okay, He-Man's the lesser of the two that I'm fighting against and I should help him. Um, the other way you could do that is more of a, you know, more of a Lady Valtair in Sleeper's Awaken where, you know, kind of just the whole thing kind of turns on her and He-Man ends up saving her. Um, you could have mm-hmm. gone that way with it too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I agree. I think it could have done without Skeletor himself. Um, especially with how easily he gets taken out here.
2: Um, mm.
0: And it, it does feel, that's the one part that felt a little rushed. It's like He-Man punches him, and then he basically just drops off frame there and is not seen again. There's no, I'll get you next time, or any of that, you know. It's no, just, yeah. he's gone, so.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, that's true. It's just like, it's almost like there's like a little time jump there yeah. that happens. There's no kind Correct. of resolution that-
0: he knocked him right off the cliff, and he's he's swimming in the ocean now. Which also would have yeah. been a fun <laughs> shot to see, like merman, come save me, you know. Definitely, and, uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but, but uh, uh, I, it's got good pacing. Besides that, Shazar's an awesome character, unique. You know, the art is amazing throughout this. Um, mm-hmm. so overall, I'm going to go a seven out of ten for my rating. Okay.
1: Bye. I am gonna. I thought I'm gonna. I'm gonna concur. Like seven seems about right. Like right. it's not like. It's not like the most incredible story ever, but it's and it's not a bad story. It's, uh, but it's better than average. I yeah, I think seven is seven is good. Um, definitely. And uh, Shazar really kind of developed into sort of a cult character yes. from 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 this. You know, people want a figure of her, and it's like. She's popular in the Brazilian fan base, but it's sort of carried over into general fan base, being more aware of the the character, too, which just speaks to what a cool character that is, you know?
0: Speaks to a cool character, and I gotta say it speaks to how large of a fan base there is. Um, It seems Mm -hmm. like all of these kind of uh, foreign-only characters that are really well-known and demanded they're always equated with a country that has a large fan base. You know, Anthony mm-hmm. Turnia He-Man is the oh, other yeah. one that springs to mind because we have yeah. as fandom, we have a huge German fan base. I mean, big time, yeah. Um, you know, uh and, and then you go to like the UK uh which is up there too and they've got, you know, Skrolos, who yeah. he has talked about all the time. Seems like all the large fan bases have their their fan demanded character, and you know it because it's just shared so much. Because mm-hmm. ever yeah. since the first days of the internet, all of us uh, He-Man fans have been searching this stuff out. I know that was one of my first yeah. searches. I'm sure it was probably up there on yours.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the Italian fans are big, big into the Snake Goddess. Yeah, uh, she had the serpents in her hair and stuff. She's she's really cool too.
0: A Medusa looking one, right? Like she's yeah, like yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Is it them yeah. that have uh, Minox too or Minox? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. I I used to say Minox, but then you know I was thinking like, and other people pointed out too, it's like Minotaur and Ox yeah. combined sound more like Minox. So I've been now saying Minox, but um, yeah, he's he's grown in popularity as well. Like he's just a cool design, like a oh, cyborg know. or robotic Minotaur. What's not to love about that
0: <laughs> that is that is as masters as Draco Man. it's like there are these certain yep. characters that pop up and you're just like how have we never thought about that before you know it's yeah like <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i gotta get it i gotta get a wish list video in for him too. i actually got a custom made of him because i, I was like he's i really want that character he's a cool character
0: Minox or yeah
1: yeah him yeah yep
0: oh yeah we gotta see that um so speaking of daniel's wish list videos uh, we might as well jump right over to that, and uh, and we're going to check one of them out together here. We're going to promote her a bit, and uh, if you guys want to see more of these, uh, we'll, we'll plug her YouTube channel at the end here. Awesome. We will jump over to the other side. Away we go.
1: Bom dia, como você está? Ilso Penny Dreadful, welcome to the Masters of the Universe Classics Wishlist series. Since at the time of this video it's summer here in the States, and I just posted the Sawtooth video, I want to keep up with the aquatic theme, the marine theme, if you will. So today we're taking a look at a cult favorite character from the Brazilian comics, Shazar. Some people call her Shizar, some people call her Shazar. I believe it's pronounced Shazar, like Shazam, but with an AR at the end. So, the Portuguese-language Editora Abril, Masters of the Universe, and Princess of Power comic books were officially licensed comics published in Brazil in the 1980s. These comics introduced some exciting new characters into the worlds of He-Man and She-Ra, and the most popular of these is the villainous-slash-anti-hero co-created by writer José Menezes and legendary comic book artist Watson Portela. I recently translated the pages of this comic into English, and those were restored with the text transposed by Dusan Mitrovic. It's a cool story, and you can find it on my Facebook page and on He-Man.org. I'll put a link in the description below. The basic gist of this story is this. When young women begin disappearing on Eternia, and strange occurrences start happening in the waters of Lake Crawley, He-Man investigates. He follows a strange craft called the Black Pearl to the bottom of the lake, and when he enters, he learns that the women have been kidnapped by Shazar, the Dominator of Light and Aquatic Princess from the long-dead planet Antar. She plans to use the kidnapped Eternians to help propagate her species, which is nearly extinct. In addition to her Black Pearl vehicle, Shazar possesses an incredibly powerful weapon called the Polarizer. With this incredible weapon, she can blast enemies with black lightning, induce hallucinations, dominate the will of people and sea creatures, and even absorb light and energy, which she can then blast back at her foes. Skeletor craves the polarizer of power and attacks, and then captures Shazar in order to obtain it. Shazar also possesses innate abilities, such as the power to emit intense high-pitched sound waves which can form a barrier of protection. She's not all she seems, as her humanoid form isn't her true form. We learn that she's actually a type of sentient, non-humanoid alien fish, what's referred to as her primitive form. There's also this creepy in-between stage where Shazar looks humanoid but is much more fish-like. After her encounter with Skeletor, Shazar seems to learn her lesson at the end of the story, wishes He Man and Man at Arms well, and leaves Eternia. There's a bit of a tragic villain quality to Shazar that I really like. She's kind of a Magneto type of villain. Shazar wasn't seen again in the Brazilian comics, but re emerged in the present day in Masters of the Universe Classics continuity. She showed up in the bios for Camo Khan, where Skeletor is looking for the polarizer, and in Jewel Star's Masters of the Universe. Monday's bio, where Shazar teams up with Admiral Scurvy to cause problems on Etheria and seemingly returns to her twisted, watery ways. Now then, let's see how Shazar would look in classics. Here is a phenomenal design by talented artist and animator Tom Brisky from the series of Fwoosh website articles which were written by Brian Charles Rooney. This is epic! And leaves no doubt that the character would be an awesome, striking figure for Masters of the Universe classics. Tom even includes the head for her primitive form. There's the polarizer, which, of course, is an essential pack-in for the character. She has to come with her polarizer. And I love these aquatic-themed weapons, too, which is brilliant. Next up is another magnificent design by talented artist and writer Eric Gibagock Marshall for his neoclassic series on He-Man.org. Just look at this. She looks so wicked and just ready to send you to your watery grave. So cool. Eric just really nailed it here. So what do you think of Shazar? A marine being from space? Uh, (laughs) yeah... We need this figure in Classics immediately! How awesome would it be to get a a Brazilian Comics PowerCon 2-pack with Shazar versus the robotic hero Princess Kerma, who appeared in another story during the series run. I plan to do a video on her at some point, too. The thing I love about Classics is that it encompasses every single version of Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, and New Adventures. Sadly, Mattel has put classics into hibernation, so we may never get a Shazar and other characters. Entre in contacto con Mattel. If you want Shazar, contact Mattel. Or before long, we'll all be gasping for air as we're hitting <laughs> a tidal wave that drags us 20,000 leagues under the sea. Don't let that happen. Good journey. What a ham!
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like I said earlier, like you're not just a, a typical even voice narrator. You can feel your your love and your passion for this brand in those videos. You can just feel how much fun you're having <laughs> making them. That's what that's what puts those apart from a lot of other stuff out there. Like, uh,
1: oh, thank you. Yeah, if you, guys, uh, it's fun. if you
0: guys like that, definitely go check out her YouTube channel. She's got a bunch of them she's done already. Um, yeah, they're very well put together. Those of you listening in audio, go check it out so you actually see everything that she put up there. The great concepts um, that she's pulled from the Fouche and other, you know, Eric Marshall and everything. And um, it's, it's a fun time. Um, and so, basically, basically, what got you into doing those? Just were you were just doing them after Classics got on hiatus, right? Or were you doing them before? I don't remember.
1: No, it was it was when when Mattel put Classics into hiatus. Um, I think I started doing them maybe in March. I want to say, and it's because like I would thought about doing them for a while. They've been kind of on my mind, like just because I, uh, I I've seen people like as Classics has entered into. The more, uh, the deeper end of the pool as far as characters go, I would get frustrated with fans saying, Oh, there, there aren't any more characters worth making. Or, uh, you know, uh, why, why should we, you know, I don't, why there, it's only Z list characters left. Nobody wants those. And I'm like, there are a lot of cool characters left. Like, why, or it's like, I don't know who this character is. So I don't, why should I buy it? And I'm like, Well, if you don't know who the character is, who the whose fault is that? <laughs> That's, right. Like learn learn about the character. It's like find out. Your fault for
0: not learning a second language. Get
1: out of here. Or, read, or you know, read the threads, or the yes. you know find out, Google it. Even it's like right out there, or the character guide. Um, and um, even even characters that aren't like or that are, that were in the cartoon that would be really cool to get as figures, like N- Negator and and uh, General Tatarin and uh, Hunga the Harpy. Uh, you know, and the newer characters like Lady Slither and uh you know 2000x characters like the 2000x king miro is 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 demanded uh, adam Prince, yeah. <laughs> really I was laughing when I was listening to you guys because I was like, oh my God, I did totally forget to include Prince Adam, 2000X Prince Adam in that variance video. How did I space on him? I should have put him in there instead of uh, 2000X Randor yes. uh, because the Prince Adam is more, I think that 2000X Adam is more demanded than the 2000X Randor. Um, and cause he's such a distinctly different look for Adam. So maybe I'll do a separate video just for him. Um, but there are so many characters. And then of course, if we look at beyond that, we have all the new adventures, figures that still haven't been made. Those 10 characters like Sagittar, uh, who is such an important, you know, looking, it's such a p- striking character, oh, yeah. uh, Definitely. And some of the Lizor, like Lizor is like one of those mutants that they really should have made. I'm like, how did they not make Lizor? And you just keep digging and look at the international comics, which I think a lot of people kind of are focused only on what they grew up with. Like, oh, this is what I read. I read the Star comics. I read the Golden Books. I watched the Filmation cartoon. I read the mini comics. That's it. That's not it. There's way more stuff than that. Way more. And great characters like Shazar. So I was like, well, I should, like, since Classics is going into hiatus, that was kind of a key sign to me. Like, I should make these videos and just show, hey, look at what else exists that we could still get in this line. That would be cool. And then I was, like, thinking fans don't know who the character is. I could give a little background on them, too, and explain Give a little bit of just context for who the character is in case people don't know who it is, like in this instance, a lot of people don't know who that character is, so explain who it is, show some visuals, and then have the segment of what would this look like as a classics figure, uh, which – you know, most of the time it looks pretty cool. You know, when T- Tom Brisky is an awesome artist, and so is Eric Marshall, and then you have c- a customizers out there like Hunter Knight and Joe Amato and stuff that do uh, these great customs. Like I have several Hunter Knight customs in my collection, and they look they fit right in with the rest of the figures. Uh, I'm like, well, these customs look really good. They show what this character would look like if it had been produced. Um, so I don't know if it'll make a difference. I'm hoping that it'll at least prompt some people to want more classics and maybe to contact even Mattel, whether that'll make a difference or not, I don't know. I'm not jumping in on the Origins line. That's It's just not... For, I love the Vintage line. You can't recreate the iconic Vintage line by redoing it in the, sa- I, in the same form factor with, with Classics articulation. It's just... Yep. I don't know. Something about it, it just isn't grabbing me, and uh, I think it's just, well, I've been collect- collecting Classics for all these years. I just want to add... To the existing collection, yeah. the only thing that Origins might do that might entice me is if they started doing characters that blend with the vintage figures that they'd never made, like uh, Queen Marlena. Like I always wanted a vintage Queen, but Super Seven was doing that with Hero yeah. and Elor and, and Shadow Weaver and stuff, um, and those were like true neo-vintage type figures. These are like a hybrid of classics and vintage it's like it's nothing i don't know it just doesn't it's not just not grabbing me and i I don't know why but uh i just would like to add more to the classics you know
0: we've said it time and time again especially on this show it's the classics is the pinnacle it's the figures we always wanted it's the characters we always wanted and no other line is going to get as deep as classics got you know we are if we're going to see a shazar we're going to see it in classics yep yep we're not gonna we're not gonna see, you know, uh, half of the figures behind you in Origins. It's just it's yeah. not gonna get there. I would be surprised if they get out of vintage toys besides maybe maybe Queen Marlena. Um uh but beyond that, you know. I, I mean, doubt maybe, it. Maybe a Keldor, depending on where they go with their storyline, but even that I, I think is a is a long shot. Um, I think he'd be more apt to show up at PowerCon or something like that even. Yeah. Um, and that's not to rag on anybody. If you're loving Origins, you're digging oh, Origins, yeah. that's great. I have the Skeletor. I do have to say in hand, they are a lot of fun to mess around with. They're, are they? Yeah. The articulation is very nice. It's very solid. Um, and it allows for a lot of dynamic poses. Um but I also gave it to my son right after I opened it to review on the show.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's
0: having a blast with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I just,
1: yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I was just going to agree with you. Like the thing about that. Oh, here's Crispy. She finally showed up. Hi, Crispy. Hi, Crispy. Oh. What a <laughs> um. She. Um. What was I going to say? Oh. Um. The. The thing with the classics is, like you said, like it's never going to go as deep as this line did. And the classics took new adventures. It took princess of power and put them all together under one umbrella with masters of the universe. And the princess of power figures look like the cartoon, yes. um, which is something I wanted in the eighties. They all fit together really well. And then you started to get things like play sets. We still have snake mountain coming. Yeah. Um, we have the, some vehicles uh I would love to continue getting just more you know at, comf- do the whole redo the whole thing the whole vintage line like um it's I mean and it's apples and oranges too when you compare yeah. to the the classics line was made specifically for us it was made for collectors directed at us the vintage line was like a global thing that was sold all over the world and store it's totally totally different you know right. but um they could continue doing their new retail line with Origins. I have no problem with that. But don't shelve classics. Like, yeah. throw us a bone. Keep, keep, even if it's, like, you know, a quarterly figure, like yeah. one figure quarterly, like, that would be cool. Like, just keep keep, keep putting them out, one from a different faction or do, like, you know, do, like, a, a Lady Slither and do a, you know, a Sagittar and do a, you know... S- what, King Miro or something like that, you know, or 2000X Prince Adam.
0: <laughs> I got I got to say the one figure that surprises me the most um, <laughs> that we haven't gotten in classics would have to be Malaktha. I cannot believe yes. we're this deep and we don't have a Malactha. Like I thought for sure he was a shoe in a long time ago. Right. As, How did
1: uh, they not make him yet? You body? know,
0: even even crispy and bougie. Are yeah, they're outraged by the fact yeah, they that we don't outraged. have a Malaktha. They're <laughs> mad. They're, they are
1: really mad about that. You hit a sore spot with that because they they, <laughs> they really love a Malaktha figure, as would we all. Oh, yeah, I did a wish list video on him recently because yes, uh, yes. he's just one of those. Um, I think some fans are just kind of like, "Oh, he's not a warrior, but he's like he's the archaeologist. He's like yeah. the, the the royal archaeologist. He's the guy you take with you when you go, you mm-hmm. know." looking for for the old temple you know i mean Absolutely. he's a great character like and he would just look good on i think he would look good as a figure too on on the shelf you know
0: and and Definitely. he's he's still ripped i mean he is still buffer than i can ever hope to be so i mean <laughs> yeah you say he's just the archaeologist he's old but hold your muscles up to him because i guarantee you probably 90 percent of us have fewer muscles than Melactha, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go there you go yeah, I don't I I think he, uh, he seemed like one that they sh- they definitely should have done, you know. Um I would I would have loved to have had him. And I'm sure if the line had kept going, he probably would have happened eventually. Like a lot of these sure. characters, you know, probably would have would have been made at some point. Uh, and that's the thing; like that's the whole impetus behind these videos. It's like, and I, there's a finite number of. I want to. I don't want to just keep going, like doing videos for ten years of, of characters. I'm probably <laughs> just going to do them through the end of the year. I'm going to just right. keep knocking them out and probably wrap, yeah. do a final video at the end of 2020 and go. Keep bugging Mattel. Right. This was just a selection of some of the characters, but there are a lot more beyond this even. Like I keep getting requests for different characters too, which is funny because I'm like I will I wanna do all the characters, you know, that yeah. would be awesome. But it would probably be like, you know, I'd be like this ninety year old lady doing today's videos <laughs> about the villager in the episode, you know, duel of Devlin. <laughs> well,
0: that's that's a hey, Aetherian villagers would be an amazing multiple. I would, would, would buy try. that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, troop builder pack. So army builder—that's the phrase. Agreed. I
1: Agreed. I would not say no
0: because imagine
1: yeah, but... dioramas. You could have He Man like saving the villagers and Shiro like holding up a, you know, a building, the side of a building yeah. together, and then you have the villagers like you know.
0: Yeah, the kid with that? Uh, I can't remember the episode because I'm not James E. Talk, but there's an episode <laughs> where He Man like stops a, uh, a cart full of hay from rolling down a, a mountain. You know. I want, I yeah. want the cart. I want the removable hay, and I want that little boy, that uh, yes. three pack. There we go. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's so much. There's so much other, and there is a point where you are hitting the Z-list characters. Yeah, the line yeah. wasn't there yet, but yes, there are characters even that people know of that's still like. Okay, they're making this guy. That's not going to hit the numbers. And I get that, but I agree with you. I think we were still at least a couple years before that point, Mm -hmm. um, even at the pace that uh, Super 7 was putting them out. Mm
1: -hmm. I think the way to do it is you do uh, crowdfunding. Like you have a a design for the character. You have like Axel, you know, do the character mock up, right? And you show this is what the character we're doing if we hit the numbers, here's what it would look like. And then you have the, you have the Kickstarter thing. And if it hits the goal, figure goes into production. If yes. it doesn't hit the goal, we tried, here's the next one we want to do. You know, like yes. then there's no, you there's no, you don't lose anything by doing that. But the problem is you're dealing with like a huge corporation like Mattel. Is it yes. worth their time to, to do that? You know, so that's why I'm kind of. Pushing a little more for PowerCon as a, as yeah. an outlet because we've done, we had classics releases done through PowerCon and if that's the only outlet Mattel is willing to try unless they bring back Maddie Collector which would be awesome no I don't <laughs>
0: well not exactly Maddie Collector let's say that I got I got out of version. a few I got dipped out of a few figures thanks to Maddie did Collector. did you really yeah it wasn't did... too bad but there was definitely some that sold out before I got there.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Cause I could yeah. never do
0: the subscription. I just, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I brought it up before, but you know, t- it, you put, put the nail on the head, like the line's 12 years old. My daughter's 12 years old. Like this line was uh-huh. literally coming out as I was a father for the first time. And, you know, I just, we got him married. We had our daughter and it just like, it sure. wasn't working.
1: Oh um, yeah. Of course you gotta, you gotta, can't spend on just, and that's a fun thing to collect but it's not like it was not no, the priority <laughs> yeah um Definitely. but real
0: quick you said you know you don't know if crowdfunding would work for a large corporation like mattel hasbro they're a large oh, corporation yeah. but like yeah. mattel correct and yeah
1: Haslab, yeah has lab
0: the hasbro pulse thing i brought that yeah. up uh last episode of the episode before that's exactly what they're doing, and I think that is a very viable option for Mattel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Same thing, like, just throw up a concept, or just throw up the character with the, the classic, like, okay, here's Shazar, and here's how she looked in the comic. You would get yeah. her and an alternate head and three accessories. Yeah. Here's how much she'll cost. And yeah. that's it. It's up to us, then. It's up to the fans to go, do we want this character?
1: But the thing is, if
0: if Mattel's going to do that, they can't do this, you know, you're all in or you're all out, and they can't go up and be like, well, Shazar failed, so we're done. You know, they've got to have the stance that we're going to throw them up there, they're either going to make it or not, and three months later, you know, whatever, a certain amount of time, four times a year, we're going to throw a figure out to you guys. You guys tell us whether you want it or not, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, but the, don't use the scare tactics tactics anymore. That no, just,
1: no, nobody liked that.
0: <laughs> no, I understand it was necessary because they were also funding Maddie Collector and everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the HasLab type of way is the better way to go. And even throw yeah, it out I, to Super Seven. Let's say, hey, Super Seven, you guys can do four figures a year. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And either do them or don't do them, but you know, this is it you know, and we get our cut of it. If they don't want to take on, you know, the funding and the setup and all that, you know, that's another Mm -hmm. option. Keep working with them, you know, and just let them do their thing. It's not going to interfere with your retail line. Yeah. I mean, we're entering into a time here where we're about to have the most master's lines on the shelf that I can ever remember. I mean, you've got the minis, you've got Origins, you've got... I'm counting the WWE wrestlers. I mean, yeah. uh, you've got Mega Constructs. You've got Loyal Subjects. This oh, is right. company yeah. who at one point said, we can't throw 2000X heads into the pack anymore because it's confusing parents that aren't yeah. buying the stuff. Right, you know? right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, now they're, they're letting every... Mondo, we've got the Mondo figures too. Thank you, uh, Mondo.
0: um seemed that there was something else as i was listing all those
1: which which kind of confuses me because i'm like i don't know maybe it was a contractual thing because i was like so S- super seven can't keep making classics figures but mondo can make those figures the big high-end figures yeah. like or maybe it's just because they're so expensive that it's not in the same yeah. bracket That's a know.
0: whole bracket above them yeah. I, I, I think that's what it is. Same as they're still allowed. Actually, uh, Funko just got the license for Pops back. There's a lot of those. A new wave just came out.
1: Oh, you yeah. Know, they, Blast they, Attack and stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cyclone and Buzz Off, which I don't collect a lot of them, but Cyclone's tempting. I've always liked that color and that character design. Mm. Um, and they just announced a couple of co- exclusives. Um, so they're doing all this. But Classics is the one thing where they're like, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't just, know. I think they're aware of that we want them, but uh, maybe they're trying to like take it away for a little while to build up the desire for it again, and then yeah. hey, we're bringing it back now. You know, like yeah. I just hope fans by then are not like, yeah, we're we're all set. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think the key will be then is to not do. Not do the the updates or like the you know, don't go back to doing another He Man. Don't uh, do another Hordak. Yeah. You know, just I worry about that too.
1: <laughs> like we do everybody again, you know. It's like
0: Because if you're gonna bring this back, especially in like a Hasbro Pulse kind of way, you're 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 going to us. You're going to the fans who want the deep cuts, the the F listers, the G listers, the H listers, you know. Um so, mm. so embrace it, go full force for that, you know, not make us decide, well, if you want us to get the she then you've got to take another He-Man, another Skeletor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's just my uh, opinion. and I've been wrong lots of times.
1: Unless the only way I would be down for that is if the the, like, maybe if they were, like, important... Like if they re-released Human and Skeletor and, and She ra like they didn't ever did Starburst She-Ra like a variance, yeah. like important variants, maybe that might be a good way to bring back the A-list sure. characters, or like mini comics triclops. They never did him. You know, something like that's a little more yeah. that's at least different and that it's not like, oh, I don't want to buy this again, you know, like the same character yeah. all over again. <laughs> I worry that. would that crossed my mind too that they would do something like that. Um, it just seems like the kind of thing that Mattel might do. <laughs> <laughs> I could picture that happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the other question too is would fans support it? Like there are a lot of fans that want more classics figures, but some are not, yeah. you know, some are are pretty much done, done with it and they're ready to go to Origins now. Yeah. Um, so, you yeah. know, it's I don't know see why they can't have both.
0: I agree. And only only time will tell. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So real quick before we get off here, um. You know our show is all about trying to do the deep cuts, trying to do trying to go to the to the the bottoms of the lore, try and get all the errors included. So, um. And that's why we when we me and Daniel were talking, I'm like, well, let's do she's our today because you just released that comic a week or two ago, and you released a video today. I'm like, that's Perfect. That's what this show's all about. So what is your most underrated He Man episode and your most underrated Sheer episode? The ones where you love it, but like nobody talks about it. Huh. And yes, I put her on the spot here. I did not give her any. Yeah, yeah,
1: I wasn't expecting that. Um
0: Everyone knows mine is Curse of the Spellstone. It's an amazing That is
1: an awesome episode. It's an yeah. amazing season. So, King one Helios.
0: That King you know, Helios. Yeah. It's got everything. Yeah. It's got action. It's got cool side characters. It's got creatures. Yeah. But literally, nobody talks about Curse of the Spellstone. It's weird.
1: That is a really good episode. And I'm going to do a video on King Helios at some point. He's a favorite of Eric's as well. Um. Hmm. Wow, you really, yeah, that's that's a tough one. I've completely stopped there Because the ones I really like co- are coming to mind, but, uh, like, but they tend to be, like, you know, I like Daymar the Demon a lot, but that's a yep. po- pretty popular episode. Oh, well, no. Yeah.
0: Just throw it out there. It's all right. I mean, it's all subjective, but, unless you say, like, House is Shakodi, then I'm just going to shut that one down, because that is yeah, rare yeah. and obscure, but... I mean, even Damar the Demon, a lot of people don't talk about it as much as they should. And uh, yeah. that's one uh, we did already as well.
1: Um, I was going Diamond Ray of Disappearance, but that's, <laughs> that's a popular one. The Shaping Staff. I'm trying to think of like one that's... Um, <sighs> Sleeper's Awaken, I really like.
0: There you go. Yes, there's another a, one on my list. That's a really
1: creepy episode, and uh, okay. I, that is not not talked about very, very often. I like that one a lot. Um, and um, for, I'm trying to think, for Shira. ra um, hmm, oh, um, I can't, I'm, I'm terrible with the titles of the episodes the yeah. one with Granamir the, in the she series where she goes into the past.
0: Dark Smoke and Fire yep.
1: Dark Smoke and Fire yeah I like that episode a lot too that's a good one I don't know if people really talk about that they one don't. very. they don't because
0: you know, <laughs>
1: I think that's kind of a cool one because you get some his, it, she goes back to Eternia's past and yeah. has Shira meets Granamir which I think is a really cool idea and you don't Really, hear too much about that one. Nope, um,
0: that, I agree completely. That is that's an yeah. amazing one. Um, yeah.
1: And if you um, guys
0: want to see more about that, I can't find the episode number. It was early on. Uh, Legends of Grayskull, episode seven and uh, seven and a half. That's when we did oh, Dark, okay. Smoke and Fire. Oh, oh, <laughs> ah, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> For the I'm same just, reason. I'm,
1: yeah, I don't. I, I'm bad with the titles of the episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah. the episode with. The game master, the episode with you know Queen Belina yeah. and the slave city, the slave city episode, you know, like
0: oh yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> that We're is on a next. good one, yeah. We're gonna hit that yeah. one too. Uh, Dark smoke yeah. and fire was my Shira one. That's why we've done it already because that was my first choice for Shira. Oh, okay. It's another amazing episode that nobody talks about, and it's funny because mm-hmm. all the Grand Amir episodes on He Man get all sorts of love then the grand rare episode on she gets hardly talked about yeah so yeah
1: i like of shadows and skulls too um yep. Yep. That's a good skeletor one. and shadow weaver but that's that that's one you do hear about sometimes when people talk about but um yeah um yeah there's so so many you know like there's so many good ones they are none that i hate like i don't know like I can always kind of find something to like <laughs> about even greatest show on Eternia, which I know gets a lot of hate, but, and I like the episode, the Plundor episode, the, um, yes. the, the, that's a great, what was the title the title of that episode? That was, uh, um,
0: quest for He-Man, wasn't
1: it? Quest for He-Man, quest for yeah. He-Man. Um, oh, that's an amazing
0: episode. i love that. Thing that's a really I good episode. It's like...
1: Paul Dini wrote yeah. that episode. Like uh, Plundor. I mean, I kind of like that he's like looks ridic. He looks ridiculous. He doesn't yes. look like he would be a threat, but then he's like this evil, you know. Mom dude. boss wants is to- how we put it. He's like,
0: he's like a yeah. criminal corporate mastermind.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. Right, you know, yeah. I, he's a great character. I love She Demon of Phantos too. That's a great episode. Mm-hmm, well, that's mm-hmm. one that people talk do talk about a bit. Um,
0: to save Skeletor, yeah. how do you feel about Shigora?
1: Oh, yeah, to save yeah. Skeletor is awesome. Yeah, I love just the, it's the setup for the, when Whiplash shows up and it's yes. like, whoa, what is going on? Like the,
0: <laughs> That, so that really, freaked me out as a kid, that opening where it's like Whiplash's point of view and he's like staggering yeah. down the aisle. Yeah. Like,
1: What would that, cause this to happen to him f- to get to that point where he would, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it was disturbing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great one.
0: So now, so now we definitely have to have Danielle back on, definitely because I know Sean wants to talk masters with you too. Um, mm-hmm. But we got to get you onto a full episode so we can. Oh do, yeah, we can do a, uh, one of these cartoons next time. Oh, that would be there great! Was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, Absolutely. So before we wrap up, uh, anything else you want to plug? Throw some shout-outs? Anything like that?
1: Um, no, I just you know uh, check out the the wish list. Uh, Masters of the Universe Classics Wishlist Series videos. Uh, If you can, contact Mattel and let them know you want Classics to come back because that would be awesome if we could keep it going and you know classics has always been a, fan, a grassroots thing for the fans you know like we were the ones who were doing the a lot of the you know scott was kind of there saying you know like we don't have a budget for advertising so we were the ones doing like yeah. you know memes and, car- and cartoons and like you know all kinds of all kinds of uh Karsten and Joe did some cartoons and yeah, yeah. Uh, just memes and mm-hmm. videos. I went around PowerCon, yeah. recorded like shout out, uh, like people like support the sub, like different celebrities at the con and stuff, saying like we are the ones who kind of kept that going. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some fans are talking like it's over and I, I don't want it to be over. So I'm going to try to keep it going. So if you want more classics, you have to kind of make your voice heard to to make that happen.
0: Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I still remember, I think it was for the subscription, the Dueling Skeletors. That was one of yours. Right? Yes. Yeah. That was Val me and Tom. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. They were really good sports doing that, too. Like they were both at PowerCon and I I didn't know if they would do it, but they <laughs> were both like, yeah, sure. That's what we're here for. You know, and they, they did it. So and then Tom created the cartoon for that. Tom yeah. Grisky. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, really cool. So, yeah, and then also um, the supplement, char- supplementary character guide is coming out. But So the toy guide is currently on sale on Amazon, but if you wait to order it um, pretty soon, um, uh, it's going to be av- available. The toy guide is going to be av- available as an exclusive in a bundle with the supplement for the character guide. So if you hold off and get it through PowerCons, I think it's gonna be through PowerCons website. Uh, You can order it directly from there and that's the only way that you can get the supplement guide. And as I understand it, that's the only way we're gonna. The team that worked on these books is gonna get paid to <laughs> the <laughs> sale of the supplement guide. That's as, as from what I understand. I think that's that's kind of how it works. So, uh if you order it directly through the PowerCon site, the, the toy guide with the character guide together, that's that would be awesome. But you know, that's, some people that's just what I'm just holding want out for, it. yeah. <laughs> Some people just want the toy guide, you know, so yep. uh, that's that's what they're uh, – that's cool. The toy guide's awesome. Like, it looks looks amazing. Um, but if you want both books, the only way to get the other book is through PowerCon.
0: See, I'm not going to lie. I'm Once again here, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I am only going to order the toy guide at this time because I want that the <laughs> guide. So – you are um,
1: definitely in the minority with that one. I think, I think most people are the opposite. There, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: the toy guide looks awesome. Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of hard work that has gone into it, but I have never bought any of these books right when it came out. I'm kind of frugal mm-hmm. with my money, and I try and get a deal later on. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to miss that supplement guide. So I am going to wait for the power conversion. And just to clarify, if you can, if you don't know, you know that's fine. Um, is it an exclusive through PowerCon or an exclusive at PowerCon? Because there's been some confusion around the internet, whether if I order it now, am I going to get it like around the same time it comes out or do I have to wait till PowerCon next year?
1: No, it's going to ship. It's, it's being shipped. Like it's not something that you okay. get at PowerCon. It's you order it through the PowerCon website and then when it's published and in stock, it will be sent out with the character, with the toy guide at the same time from what, from what i understand anyway that's, that's all yeah. i
0: took it but then i saw people pop up like oh but i'm not going to power Con. i'm like well wait a minute here is that what it means so
1: yeah i think him um, on val is going to post on human.org like once dark horse Dar- we're waiting on dark horse to sort of let us know when we can solicit um, All of that stuff. I think they're approving some of the images. I just recently saw, like, the cover of the book and stuff, and it looks really good. Like, it looks – the cover looks awesome. Uh, and the pages, the lay- – Eric Marshall did the layout for the character guide supplement, and it looks awesome. It looks like the – it looks like the other one. Like, the, the yeah. layout, everything looks the same, you know. Um, um But it's really – slick looking um so hopefully they'll let us show the. i hope they let us show the cover and maybe like a little spread of a couple of pages because it would be cool because they've been letting us uh, or val tease the toy guide at least Mm -hmm. you know some of that stuff so it'd be nice if we could get some images out for the supplement too because i think a lot of people don't know about it like they're jumping on the amazon and getting the, the toy guide so um if they're buying that and then they want to get the other one, then they're going to have to order the toy guide again. And you know, like a lot, I don't think a lot of people are going to want to do that, you know, to get yeah. two. Well, some people get two. Some people get one to read and one to just have on, on the shelf and keep it in mint condition. So yes,
0: you definitely have to read these books. I can't imagine anyone getting one just to put on the shelf because they are just so <laughs> full of information and stories and even the stuff you think like, you know, I heard people go, well, I have all the mini comics. Why do I need a mini comic collection? It's like, well, number one, you might have all the mini comics, but you don't have the unreleased mini comic. You don't have the unreleased 2000X mini comic. You probably don't have the Power of the Evil Horde storybook. And yeah. uh, uh, and there's also all those little factoids that are sprinkled in there that uh, yeah. Luca put together. Yeah. So it's like, yep. And the yep. interviews and that you did. Yeah. You know, it's like there, there's yeah. so much more in here than just mini comics. They and they're definitely...
1: restored. restored and in larger size. You can see them better, right. you know. As we're yeah. getting older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I def- <laughs> definitely need that. Um, and the unproduced mini-comic uh, Return of Faker. That was a, a script I got from Michael Halperin uh the 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 one and only Michael Halperin, cuz he you know as we know he wrote the Filmation Bible he did a lot of the foundational work for the for the brand but he also wrote some of the mini comics and yeah. there was the one with Faker and Evil Lynn and I'm like what but it what, wasn't, what is
0: Ring of Dreams <laughs> It wasn't Return of Faker right Return of Faker is the James Etock project
1: No no if you flip to the end of the mini comic book uh, it's a s- script for a mini comic called Ring of Dreams Ring of
0: Dreams. Okay, you said Ring? Return of Faker the first time. Did I say that? Oh, jeez. Yes. I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> getting like, get lo- that's losing sleep. That's speaking. what confused me. I'm like, wait, no, that was Ring of Something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Ring, of, Ring of Dreams, it was go. called. And it, it had Faker and Evelyn in, in in the story. And it was a mini comic that presumably was planned to come with Faker and Evelyn and was never produced. So there's a script for that. That's nobody really ever talks about that either. That that's like a a mini comic that could have happened that we have the script for at least, you know,
0: that kind of stuff's on our list too. This is all the stuff we want to get every, every time we record an episode, I'm like, Oh yeah, we got to get to this. We got to get to that. We got to get to this. And then Sean's like, you know, we're like down to one episode a week right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait, and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's so much out there to talk about, you know, oh, there like is. once those floodgates are opened, that's like, look at all of this material that that's existed for decades now that, that's, you know,
0: absolutely be
1: talked about, you know,
0: and that's and we're going to continue to. Awesome. Um, so now's the time. I want to thank everybody for joining us. If you could, down below there, you'll see a bunch of buttons. Please like, share, subscribe. I got to learn the order they're actually in down on the screen. (laughs) I'm actually pointing to something. But uh, just give us a comment down below. Throw us a shout out. Let us know if you love us, if you hate us. Throw an iTunes review out there so that Sean can get a smile on his face next week. And, and yeah, just thanks for the support. Uh, I'm going to put some links down there uh, to... uh, Danielle's YouTube channel, which I don't know if we ever said, it is Penny Dreadful the Thirteenth, if I recall yeah, correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I should probably change that. It's not the most. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just one word, Penny Dreadful the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: who that's who you are. It's pretty much that. You know, and that's the funny thing about you. It's like some people say Penny, some people say Danielle, yeah. some people. It's like, but you always know who they're talking about. You're so synonymous <laughs> with both the names. Um, it's great. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to throw a link to her YouTube channel. I'll throw a link to masters Monday where you can read the bios on he-man.org. Uh, and I'll throw a link to the Shazar comic over on he-man.org and, and just search around, search out her stuff, give her some like, share, subscribe. And, uh, until next time. Good journey. (laughs) I knew it. Every guest we have on this show has, has to do their own thing. I kind of have to because, you know, it's
1: like we do that on uh, Rose Google. So I got to kind of kind of keep up with the keep up appearances. But even though Master's Cast used that sign off
0: before well before we did. So there you go, Val. (laughs) She she still fulfilled her Rose Google contractual obligations. That's right.
1: I'm waiting for my paycheck, Val.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's in the mail.